Welcome to the Amanda Perry podcast, a weekly memo from my brain to yours. A 20-minute brain slurp to listen to on your commute or run or while you're having a bath, because honestly, who has an hour? Definitely not me. So the idea is a little bit from me and then a load from you. Every week I'll be asking for your questions on Instagram and I'll answer them here, giving you a little shout out along the way. So welcome back. Thanks for joining me. This week I want to talk to you about something that I get asked about a lot and this isn't really like my lane. I think people know me most for Facebook ads and e-com growth and that kind of thing. Um, But I've been asked a lot recently about my Instagram and I've been talking about it a lot because although I don't have an audience of like 50k or 100k like some people I have managed to grow my audience by by about 300% in the last few months. So I was somewhere around, earlier in the year, I was somewhere around 2,000, and I'm now just under like 7,000, which I know isn't a huge, huge numbers. I'm sure some people listen to this go, what do you know about Instagram? But for those of you who aren't quite there yet, or or who even are there, but are looking for a bit more of a strategic approach. Now, I'm not going to tell you that I have some master game plan. Um, I honestly credit 99% of that growth with just really understanding who my audience is and the content that's going to really resonate with them. But there are a few things that I did and changed, which helped me see a real shift in the way that my account was growing. And I just want to discuss those with you today. I have written a blog post on this. So if anyone does want kind of more or different information, maybe go and have a look at that on my site. Uh, It's actually like by far and away my most read blog ever, even though I've got one blog in there, which (laughs) in the title, it has like 69 headline type blog titles that will get searched or whatever. And that one gets picked up all the time by perverts who are looking for stuff about 69 moving on um so there are I would say that there's like four main things that I did in terms of growing my Instagram and really thinking like right I'm gonna take this really seriously I'm gonna try and grow it because I think that Instagram is a great place for me to build an audience and build my business and build like that that like personal brand profile building kind of stuff you know that we don't really like to talk about because it makes us feel like we have a bit of an ego but actually it's such a huge huge part of any service business is is kind of having that profile and people knowing what they can come to you for I guess is the real key to it So the first thing I did, this isn't going to surprise any of you that have been watching me, listening to me for a while because I keep banging on about it. The first thing I did sounds so, so dull. And if anyone's, in fact, the first time someone told me I had to do this, I was like, "Mm, yeah, definitely not doing that. That sounds so boring. But it's hashtag research. I never used to use hashtags because I thought it looked a bit spammy and a bit like, like needy. Like the thing that they're actually used for, which is finding your content, was the thing that kind of used to make me cringe about them. I don't really know why now. I can't really remember because 
now I just think they're like the best thing ever. And you're you're never gonna get found if you're not using hashtags. The amount of people I speak to and they're like, mm, yeah, I don't really use them. Please use them. Even if you have a huge audience, like you will grow your audience. Hashtags are basically the best way to think of them. I always think of them as like filed under. So I'm going to file this under, you know, motivational, blah, blah, blah. And the thing about hashtags that people really get wrong is they go for the huge ones with the big numbers, whereas really you need to be focusing on the much, much smaller ones. I generally break mine down. So you can have 30 hashtags in a post. I try and use all 30. I don't think there is a magic number. I mean, people will tell me I'm wrong and, oh, you should use like 18 and a half or something. But I use all 30. It gives you the best chance of being discovered. I will spend maybe half an hour or an hour every month, every few months, just really researching my core hashtags. And I will do that by looking at my ideal customer and what they're following. I'll do it by following by looking at my competitors, maybe, and what they're following. But the main thing I do is I'll go to the little magnifying glass and I'll search under tags and I'll put in the most obvious hashtag for me. So that could be like uh, Facebook marketing or social media marketing, or it might be if I'm if I've got a focus at that time on getting like speaking gigs or something like that, it might be public speaking or uh, female entrepreneurs or something like that. Whatever the the most basic hashtag for you could be, and Instagram's then going to give you a load of suggestions. And you want to look through the suggestions, the chances are the main hashtag that you're putting in there is going to have million. If I was to put like female entrepreneur in, that would have like, God knows, 50, 80 million, something like that. I'm never, ever, 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 however much my ego would tell me differently, I'm never going to get seen by using that hashtag. So what I want to do is look through the list and find the ones that have between ideally under like 20k. I want to find the ones that have got between 10 and 20k uses, even smaller. If I was just if it was um like a really broad subject, I might go even smaller, even like a thousand to ten thousand, like under ten thousand. So you want to go those and uh, go for those smaller ones, and that way you have much more chance of being seen. So I tend to break it down. I don't have any like mad formula, but I tend to break it down so I have like. 20 that are really small so like under under 10k or certainly under like 30k then I'll have five that are a bit bigger so anything up to 100k and then I'll put in a couple of slightly bigger ones and then a couple of huge ones because I will use those really broad ones because on the rare occasion that it goes anything like viral you do stand more of a chance of being seen on those getting onto the explore page blah 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 the rest history you know once you kind once you get onto the explore page well I'll come on to that actually because I I always understood the explore page to be this place where your post goes and then all of a sudden you're like Gary V or something the next day. It's not quite how it happens. I've had loads of posts go onto the explore page now and some of them have still only had like 20 impressions or something. So I wouldn't be so obsessed over getting onto the explore page. I'd be more conscious about creating really valuable content that's going to create engagement with your audience. So the first thing is how 
hashtag research and using them please 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 make sure you use them like put them in your notes or create a keyboard shortcut and please make sure you're using them and checking your insights to make sure that they work. A lot of my posts now will be discovered by, so it'll tell me that my hashtags will bring in an audience of like 60 to 70% of people who'd never heard of me before, never seen me before. So I'm really discovering those new audiences. And when used as part of an overall strategy, so my part of my strategy is that I find new audiences on Instagram, engage with them, give valuable content. And then we use our ads primarily on Facebook to um, retarget those people and show them content. So if they do want to come and join us in the Ecom Growth Hub, that's generally where we will get that sale. Um, so it's a really good part of an overall strategy. And I think that's a really important thing to say is if you're using Instagram, if you're using any social channel, but if you're using Instagram, please make sure you have an objective and you know what that objective is. And it's absolutely fine, by the way, if that objective is I want to grow a huge audience and then do a load of brand sponsorship deals and make a shitload of money. That's fine. Good for you. Go off and do that. <laughs> Whatever your objective is, just please, please make sure you know that before you get started. So the second thing I did was start posting consistently. And when I say posting consistently, I saw a huge difference when I posted twice a day to when I posted four times a day. And I know some of you might be sick of the sight of me, but honestly, that posting four times a day has made such a difference. Yes, it takes a lot of time. Yes, I am a slave to Instagram right now, but it really has made all the difference in terms of the following. So if you can find a way of doing that, and my personal strategy around that is I don't create a ton of content. I use a lot of other people's content. I try and shout out small businesses where I can. I'll try and find content. I use a lot of like quotes and stuff from other people and I'll try and add my commentary onto that. So add value, but using other people's stuff. I often find when people have an issue with Instagram or when they find that they're stalling, it's because they've got this like perfection paralysis, you know, they're like, oh, I need to make it, make sure it looks perfect. No one cares. No one's looking at your whole feed. They're just looking at you in the feed. So we really need to get away from this idea of, you know, these really aesthetically perfect uh, Instagram feeds. They work for some people, but I really don't think they should be the thing that puts you off thinking you can grow your Instagram. The third thing that made a huge difference for me was something that I heard someone say, which was, it was actually Maneksha. Maneksha Stewart gave some advice, which was always post for your audience, not yourself. And I think when we think about how we used to use Instagram, which was, you know, posting a picture of our dinner or like a cup of tea or something, what value are you actually giving there? So always posting with your audience in mind and what they need, not what you need. gives It just gives a really nice filter. It means that you are actually posting value rather than something that's just kind of boosting your ego. And the last thing, the fourth thing is just mix it up. So don't stick to single images. Use like the, the carousel, like the slideshow feature. Use Insta, uh, IGTV. Make sure you're using stories. When you use stories, use GIFs. Use, you know, using, they love you to use everything in the toolbox. Instagram have said that themselves. They will reward you for using a bit of everything. So make sure that you do. Make sure you're asking questions. 
using polls, using like the slide emoji feature and all of that kind of thing, using the different filters and you will get rewarded for it. So hashtag research, posting consistently, post for your audience, not yourself and really mix it up. And I pretty much promise you if you put those things into action, I tell you, sorry, the fifth thing that is really important and Lucy Sheridan was uh, like a master at drilling this into me was to focus on engagement, not likes and really think about it as your community. So take your place in the community really seriously and that includes responding to comments that's the biggest thing when we work with clients and they don't have this engaged following it makes such a difference to their ads so please please respond to the comments be a good member of your community and make sure that you're also liking commenting on other people's stuff yes it sounds like a lot of work but if your business is going to benefit from having a bigger audience, I promise it's a worthwhile investment. There endeth my Instagram lesson. I hope that was helpful. I'm like clock watching. I really want to keep this to 20 minutes, but um, I think I might run over a bit, but that's fine. You can come back to it. Just do a double commute. No one's commuting anyway at the moment, although it's like mm, bedroom to lounge, lounge to kitchen. Okay, so I do have some questions. Maybe I'll just cut the questions a bit shorter. I'll just pick a couple out. I have a really interesting one here, which is from Kat from Gather and Give. Gather and Give is this amazing online. She's got a brick and mortar store as well in Milton Keynes. Um, and she sells like sustainable, eco-friendly products. I'll link to it in the show notes. They're really, really lovely. Please do go and support her. She has asked a question, which is is fairly broad, and she said, apologies for it being quite so broad, but what do I think 2021 will look like for retail? And I really want to pick up on this question because I just finished recording... um, a panel event for Top Draw this morning and it was it was kind of the focus of that as well it was a really interesting discussion around how we move a what next year is going to look like in terms of retail as as like a really broad kind of you know what do we think trend wise so in terms of covid how are we going to recover how are we going to get our high street back into some form of you know busy uh, economy driving activity and how does that fit with our online activity so a lot of the things we were talking about this morning was about really building this omnichannel presence across online and offline so the offline becomes almost like your your um, experience where your customer gets to feel and touch and hold your product and use your product and it might then be that they do go off and purchase it elsewhere and that could be Amazon or it could be your website or it could be Etsy or Noths or wherever you're selling your product but I think it's really important that we think about our business as a whole so a very wise man once said to me that a bar stool needs three legs to stand up and uh, to balance and your business is no different. So your business really needs three revenue streams for it to be stable and profitable. So if you think about your business now, it might be that you have online and offline. What's that third? I mean, I would count the third as marketplaces because it's not 
I would count wholesalers, your own website, and then potentially marketplaces. But it's really important to spread your risk and have all three channels. I think businesses who've previously just been selling through retail, so so like wholesalers, um, th- you know, retailers on the high street, had to had to change their tack pretty damn quickly in March when we went into lockdown. So I think it'll be really interesting to see how those brands recover coming out of that. I think it'll be interesting to see how many people go back into wholesale and what that looks like, what kind of incentives are on offer for people to do that, because a lot of people have actually gone away and gone... I'm all right, actually. I'm I'm selling online now and I'm making double the margin for half the work. So actually, I think I'm gonna just going to stick as I am. I'm, I'm kind of all right as I am. So I think it'll be really interesting to see what uh, incentives are offered to get people back into the shop, to get sellers back into the shop, to get customers back into the shop. How does that even look? I think it's going to be really interesting. For next year, I certainly forecast... I do I do see the high streets coming back, but I think it's going to be in a very, very different fashion. I think the focus is really going to be on experience and less on that initial purchase, you know, and certainly from a retailer's point of view, thinking, how can I get that experience across through my packaging, through my point of sale display? And how can I replicate that experience online as well? So how can I give them the best possible packaging, opening, gifting experience? I think it's interesting. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen in a few months, let alone next year? But it's a really interesting question, Kat. Gainer from Spicely Does It asked, um, how do you plan your day? Now, I'm glad I'm sat here recording this on my own because if my team were here, they would laugh at that question because they think I don't. I plan it in a very clever way. (laughs) Okay, this is actually how I plan my day. I kind of, I have the things that I need to do in each day. So most most of my day is pretty much back-to-back calls or appointments or meetings or something. The time in between that, so Sunday evening is my time to look at everything I need to achieve. And then it's like, um, you know, filling in the gaps, like where can I fit them in? So I have to be very, very structured. And Gainer, you'll know because you're in the Econ Growth Hub, you'll know how much time I spend in there and how easily distracted I am. So I have to be really careful about how I spend my time so that I can actually get stuff done. I mean, sometimes I just think, oh, it's just nice kind of not not having to do any work, like focused work, you know. Sometimes it's quite nice just to go from call to call. I've got, honestly, like my team are so brilliant and so amazing and so organised that they look after a lot of the the behind the scenes work so they'll kind of um like brush up after me I'll go along like causing the the hurricane and they'll just brush up after me and this week I actually got a PA which is like sounds a bit wanky doesn't it but it's an absolute revelation I'm not very good at calendar management and that kind of thing so (laughs) so I tell you that on a practical level the tools that we use in the business are Asana we run our whole business through Asana So I highly recommend that in terms of planning your day and planning out projects. I live by my calendar. If it's not in my calendar, it's not happening. No matter who's like, if someone's put an event in my calendar, then it happens. Uh, And Slack we use for comms. So 
we will we run all our communication through slack which has been an absolute godsend we already used it before lockdown but it's been an absolute godsend through lockdown it's almost become like uh like our actual office you know it's like if someone's not online it's like they're not not in the office so yeah that is kind of how i plan my day i'm not a, i'm not massive on planning i am quite a I'll I'll kind of get to when something needs to be, I was like this in school as well it'll be like the night before I get it I'll always get it done I'll always meet a deadline but I'm good when like my back's up against the wall a little bit so it'll all be, always be the night before but in terms of play, do you know what I think people put too much emphasis on I think I think we run our businesses how we want want to run our businesses, don't we? And this whole thing about we, I should be more productive, I should be more professional, I should be this. I know people making millions and millions of pounds or dollars or whatever that are the least professional people you will ever meet. They're, you know, if you look in their offices, they're like back of house is an absolute mess. So I just, I don't really like this notion of, you know, you, you should be this way. I've spent my whole life thinking I should be more planned. I should be more prepared, should be more organized. I get it done. I hire for my weaknesses. I think that's my number one tip. I hire for my weaknesses. So the things I'm not good at, I've got people in the team that are absolutely brilliant at and we can't do any, everything, can we? We, I can do anything, but not everything. (laughs) That's my excuse and I'm sticking to it. Thank you so much for joining me this week, guys. I hope you found something in there that was of use to you. I'll keep asking my questions on Instagram and I will get through them, I promise. Have a really, really great week. I will see you on Instagram or Facebook or wherever we usually catch up. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please, please do subscribe. I'd love it if you left me a five-star review if you enjoyed it as well. Um, It really helps for other people to find us. If you want to work with me more, then please do come and join over 270 businesses in the Ecom Growth Hub where we're bashing this stuff out every day. It's a really, really brilliant support. I will speak to you next week. Have a great week. (laughs) 